Welcome to the Worldview at the Abbey podcast. I'm August Tuckabee. Today we're going to be speaking with Brandon Booth about the recent shootings that happened in Las Vegas and some thoughts for how we as Christians can respond to them. Brandon is the Associate Executive Director of Worldview Academy, uh, one of the camp directors for our Worldview Academy summer camps, and the Staff Director for Worldview at the Abbey. All right, so uh, I just wanted, we wanted to get together and talk about the Las Vegas thing going on this morning. And you have some notes, so I, I wanted to talk to you about it from a Christian perspective because I know you have a lot of, you have a background in counseling and you have a background in worldviews and dealing with students and tragedies and things of that nature. And so that's why I thought of you whenever we um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. talked about this. And so I really wanted to get your notes and, and your thoughts on it. So I know you have notes, so yeah, maybe start there and then we can jump in. go from there. Yeah, okay, so I'm. let me suggest that we start, and this is maybe awkward as it's recorded, but let's start actually by praying sure. uh, for the people. Um, I think there's been a lot of tragedies. So let's, just, let's start, take a second, pray for them and for our discussion as we talk about this. Cool. Um, Father, we ask that you... Watch over our mouths today, that you watch over our minds, uh, that what we say that is true, that would be remembered, would go home, uh, and what uh, we say that is false, it would be forgotten and erased. Lord, we pray for those who have suffered recently, uh, who have lost family, who have lost homes, who have lost uh, life savings, who suddenly find themselves uh, in very desperate places Uh, Lord, your will for them is good, even if we don't understand how, and we ask that your will would be done uh, here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Lord, comfort them, uh, be with them, and provide for them uh, in your wisdom as you know best. In your name we pray, amen. Um, Okay, so I think that right there has to be done first uh, if we're going to be Christian about it. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't do that as a, here's an example, a genuine prayer. But I think it's true that, that we often jump into this discussion without stopping and, and, and focusing and turning to what tragedy should ultimately turn us to, which is Christ, which is God. Um, and how many times have I heard, have you heard, have we all heard, Tragedy happens, whatever it is, and the next minute, somebody is out there explaining how this is a, a specific punishment for some specific sin on these specific, you know, it's in Las Vegas, right, it's a judgment on gambling. I mean, I haven't heard that one, but I can imagine that one being oh, said. Yeah. You know, I, it's whatever the judgment is of the hurricanes, whatever, you can, you know, it's God's punishment against America for being, for turning their her back on God. And... I think right before we begin even looking at how we should respond to it, we have to start with we, how not to respond to it. And that, that is not the way that Christians should respond to tragedy. Um, it is not God's specific punishment for specific sin. Right. Uh, and, and if it is, you wouldn't know that anyway, because right. you don't know those specific sins. Right, you don't have the capacity to know right. that. Yeah, and who are you to set yourself up as the judge over what their specific sin is? Um, so, that, I mean, right off the bat, that's I think we have to establish that. And I would point you to Luke 
And I'm just going to read some scripture today because I think it's helpful. But in in Luke chapter 13, Jesus actually says, um, he's talking about a group of Galileans uh, who were uh, killed and then Pilate mingled their blood with the pagan uh, sacrifices. I mean, this is like the height of offense against the Jews, right? So he says, there, there were some present at that very time, this is Jesus, who told him, or excuse me, this is the context, who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or these 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all likewise will perish. So the only thing that you bring down on yourself when you start saying this is God's specific judgment for specific sin is God's judgment for setting yourself up as somehow better. That you haven't suffered that tragedy, therefore, I mean, that's the implication. You haven't suffered that tragedy, so you must not be as condemned as those people. And Jesus right here directly tells you the opposite. No, they're not any worse sinners than you. Use the tragedy here to learn from the tragedy what you ought to learn, which is by the grace of God, you haven't yet been killed. Um, And you haven't yet been... (laughs) under such great punishment, um, suffering. So I, I just, please, Christians, please stop setting us somehow up as being the righteous arbiters of God's judgment. Um, it's foolish. And so we, we got to stop that. Um, I, I think... The, okay, so so that's what not to do, right? Here, yeah. don't do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, um, I get it that it's natural, but it's but it's wrong. Yeah. Um, what do you do as a Christian? And honestly, August, I have, I've you asked me to talk about it, and I've actually been nervous. I I, I don't know that I have any good answers. I don't know that I have. Even, even know what I should do. Honestly, I heard, I read about what happened in Las Vegas a couple hours after it happened. I hadn't seen it or anything, but I read about it, and I, I, I spent the next 24 hours ignoring the news. I couldn't bring myself to think about it. So it really wasn't until Tuesday, yesterday, that I went back to the news and read about what happened. I still haven't watched any of the video because I just can't. I don't feel like I can grapple with it. I don't know that I ever will. And because it's huge. Yeah. Um, and it's terrifying. Right? Absolutely like terrifying. I clips of it today, and just even hearing that on the way here was just like, oh my gosh. Like this, right. How could this, what would, what would that have been like to even be in that place? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess in some sense, let's encourage people that that's okay. Whether you watch the videos or whether you don't, whether you, uh, you know, whether you're following it religiously or you're not, neither of those is, is wrong. Yeah. That's okay. You, you grapple with the tra- This, It's not a joke to say that this is a national tragedy. Yeah. It's not a joke to say that I, who am a thousand miles away and I'm not personally affected by it at all, am yet still affected by the tragedy 
and we'll have emotions and we'll have grieving and we'll have things to deal with is true. And that's not to belittle the people who have far more cause. It's simply to recognize that, that grieving with and for your, I mean, for yourself, your own grieving, but also grieving with those who have suffered, I think is the right first place to be. And that looks different and that's okay. Um, and I guess if we can give people the freedom to do that, that's a pretty big, important part of this. Yeah. You know, it's okay to grieve the way you're going to grieve. It's okay to, to think and struggle the way you're going to struggle. Um, and I think you can transition that into principle. How, what is the Christian response when tragedy happens? And making, let's make a little bit of a distinction how do Christians, individuals, respond from what are the Christian principles that guide us in responding? And that's, just, those are, that's different. So not all Christians are going to do it, <laughs> right? And, and, and I think at the end we need to, we'll come back to this. It's also true that this is not a a prescription of precise behavior. If you fail to do it this way, you are somehow failing as a Christian. Sure. Um, any more than any of us fail. <laughs> but, but I guess I, I will come around to that. I want to be careful not to enter into the kind of rhetoric that has filled my social media over the last three days which is everybody condemning everybody for not taking the right steps. Right. Um, so I don't know that there are right specific steps that Christians take. I think those are as diverse as there are vocations among Christians. But I think there are principles. And, and grieve is the first one. Yeah. I mean, I think Jesus directly tells us, you know, that those who mourn uh, will be blessed. That's in the, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, Paul so, tells us, that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice, we're to weep with those who weep, to live in harmony with one another, and do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Um, and I think the, that essence of grieving, that essence of weeping with those who weep, of mourning, is, is partly where it moves us into that category of associating with the lowly. It moves us into, it certainly will prevent us from judging, from yeah. saying, oh, you're this, therefore, and it'll cause us to slow down, to truly see reality as it is. There is much in this world, and the shootings, uh, this most recent shooting, the hurricanes that have devastated people, uh, the lack of ability to stop these things, the failures that we at a future date can certainly discuss of governance, of morality, of society. All of those things are things that we can rightly hate as the evil that they are. And I think grieving involves that. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't wind up in indignant anger. It doesn't wind up in entrenching myself away from all those people as if somehow I'm separate. It's with, I think that's important, to, to, to weep with those who weep, to enter into with them. Um, yeah, I, I 
think it's a defense mechanism that we see sometimes when we hear about yeah. something like this happening. And so the first thing we do is to try to say, well, this is because of this, or it, you know, we, we go to the causes rather than actually saying, wow, this is a tragedy. And the important thing is that, yeah. Callan, you, you mentioned your social media feed, right? Your social media feed doesn't have to reflect that you're grieving. Well, it's not bad if it does. Right. Um, and so to be fair, I think sometimes maybe people post things that doesn't reflect their true attitude in the moment, but I think that we probably should um, in some ways, or, or that I, should yeah. be more prevalent. It should be more prevalent for Christians to be saying, I'm mourning with these people right now, and then that's it, and just let yeah. it sit there, because you're right, it does cause you to stop and pause and reflect um, and think through things that are deep and things that are good about life and about um, time and about um, the fragility of both of those things. Right. Well, yeah. I think exactly. It causes us to stop. It's an, it's an opportunity. As Christ said to the people who were asking about the Galileans, it's an opportunity to see reality and myself as I really am, as broken, as truly lamentable. And then to lament it, to have my heart be commiserate, to be appropriate to what is true. And on both sides of the aisle, if we want to use that phrase, at least in my social media feed, has been filled with the opposite. (laughs) It's been filled with um, people taking the moral high ground and not grieving, but taking the moral high ground to, to basically broadcast their identity rather than to grieve. And some of them are doing a really good job of hiding behind what appears to be grieving on the outside to take stabs at the other side, whatever the other side is in their perceived, in their position. Um, and I think, I think if we're going to really grieve, let's stop, maybe stop posting for a little while. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the, the moment of silence means something. Right. And don't use this as the ground, you know, the, here's, here's my opportunity to once again stake my, my identity out. I'm one of these people that I was against guns. You know, we should have banned them a long time. Or I'm one of the first, Second Amendment people. And boy, um, all you're doing at the, that point is exacerbating the problem that caused this stuff to begin with, which is, creating divisions where I can devalue the humanity of the other side. They're stupid. They're morally corrupt. They're whatever, you know, whatever it is your indignation is, is telling you about them. That's not helping. (laughs) And ultimately like you're teaching yourself and you're like you're, maybe you're teaching yourself, maybe you're reinforcing within yourself that you don't have to feel empathy in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. What you're doing instead is you're saying, okay, here, here's something tragic that just happened. I'm going to offer an answer and a solution yeah. so that I don't have to feel the depth of the pain of 500 people being shot at, you know, being yeah. shot or 50 people being killed in a night, right? And, and I just think that that's really important because within worldview and within uh, Christian intellectualism, you can really value having an answer to a problem right. when we miss the empathy that actually helps us to reach 
people with the gospel. Right. Uh, and I see that I've seen that in students before. Whenever we go out and do evangelism or something like that, and they come back, and it becomes more of an intellectual argument of the discussion that they were yeah, having, exactly, rather than first grieving that the person was lost. Yeah. And that's like that. Just that chain of events, I think, is really right. important. Like taking time to stop to reflect to to pray, like you said, to right. grieve, and then saying, okay, now how do we how do we do this different in the future? Right. Well, and let's let's be Christian about it. Let's be biblical about it. Yeah. I, what you said there was very insightful that we, we, in the face of a tragedy, we all jump to answers. Let's be biblical about it. There isn't an answer yeah. in this world to the suffering that we face. That's the point. The answer is Christ in the resurrection, finally making good on all, uh, uh, restoring all to to what it ought to be, the answer will not be found here. That is is not to say that there are, we can make changes socially, we can make changes in our laws, we can make changes, all kinds of things that can help, that can minimize. But, But tragedy is not there to be answered. It, it is the great void of evil that cannot be filled except by God himself. And we miss that, as Christ has t- told us. We, we fail to see the reality if we, if we immediately start talking about policy. We immediately start talking about judgment. If we immediately start talking about all the ways that we can fix this. You know, I mean, there is a really good discussion that we should have about uh, gun laws that we've needed to have in a rational way for a long time. But right now is not the time to have it on either side. Yeah. Just not the time. Um, There will come a time when this tragedy is an appropriate factoid in that discussion, but it's not now. Um, And so let's stop that. Here's the thing about your moral high ground posts. Whether it be about policy issues, whether it be about giving, who you give to, how you give, which, which charity is okay and not okay, and blah, 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 blah. Um, you are not posting about the thing. What you're posting about is yourself. You're posting your preferred identity. It's the moral equivalent of using a tragedy to tell everybody what your favorite color is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. <laughs> it doesn't matter at the moment. Um, Again, it's not to say those things are unimportant, that they don't have a position, the, 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 the policy questions aren't important and shouldn't be discussed. They should. But if we're going to be like Christ in responding to tragedy at the very beginning, it's go and mourn. It's yeah. go and grieve. Um, and then that grieving moves us to, the, to love. It moves, and what, what does love actually mean? Uh, it means give, it means serve, don't judge. And I think that's. <laughs> um, you know, this is a personal pet peeve of mine, I suppose, but I think, and I already mentioned it, but it's, it's connected. Why is it that charitable giving has become a moral minefield? That I am not allowed to give to a charity until I have done all the due diligence to find out what percentage of my funds go directly to... You know, honestly, I think this is Satan's way of preventing us from giving. Sure. Because I can't give to anybody. 
You know, I'm, uh, being punished yeah, without, actually. yeah, you're, uh, you, oh, you gave to the Red Cross? Well, yeah. you are a, well, you know, oh, you didn't go down there and serve for five days? Well, you didn't really give, did you? And I, I'm thinking about this this morning, and I'm thinking, you know, Jesus watched people in the temple giving. He watched the rich men give lots, and he watched the widow walk in and give two mites, which amounted to a penny or, you know, nothing. And who did he commend? He commended the widow. And this is the same temple, by the way, that he drives out the money changers. So clearly it's not a very moral place. I mean, this is the temple that he had come to replace because it had, you know, he called them whitewashed tombs people who were running around in this temple. So he, he, didn't, he didn't stop her and say, did you consider how they were going to use your money? He didn't stop, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a. She loved. She did what she could. And honestly, she wasn't looking around. She didn't. She didn't look around at the rich people and say, "Oh, you're just giving to prove yourself." They pro- maybe they weren't. I don't know what the rich people were giving or why they were giving. It doesn't really matter. If love means for if love means that I care about others, then care and do what you're capable and and what is given to you to do. I am not given to go down to uh, Houston or uh, Florida and serve for five days. It's not feasible. Why I shouldn't be made to feel guilty about that. Um, you may not be able to donate money. Well, then don't. <laughs> Um, that's not your calling if that's, if it's not possible and it may not be necessary for you. I mean, um, and I just, I think that that would be do what you're able to do, but, but do you (laughs) don't do everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think, so, I mean, I think as we grieve, as we love, it moves us, I think finally, I think it moves us to prayer and I move, it moves us to where Christ asked us to be on this, which is dependent. Um, it moves us to that place where we, we serve others, we love others with our work, with our money, with whatever else we can, not out of moral obligation but out of genuine love because we see the genuine love for which Christ has given us and I've been thinking about this a lot this weekend and it's connected that when we as Christians move and we do good things out of thankfulness to God none of us are when 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 we're truly doing that we're not thinking, I'm doing this out of thankfulness to God. That is an accurate description of what we're doing, but it's not an accurate description of the experience we're having. When we move down and we serve another person out of love, we're not thinking, I'm serving this person out of love, I need to do this. When we're acting out of thankfulness, what we're thinking about is the gift and the gift giver. It, you know, the, the clear example is if I give you a Ferrari... Your thankfulness wells up immediately, and you're not thinking, I'm being thankful for this. I better be thankful for this. For you, 
You take the Ferrari, you drive it, and you go, this is awesome, you're so great. And that is thankfulness because the content of your mind and your experience is the Ferrari and the person who gave it to you. When you move to a tragedy to love a person in it, however you are, are called to do that, you're not thinking, I have to do this. You're thinking, I love this person. This person needs help. You're, you're the content of your experience is the person before you and not, and, and here's, and this is why prayer is, why this is connected to prayer, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is the filling of our minds with God, with reality. It's the, it's the saying to God the things that are true that he has given us to say. It is the turning to God and requesting the, the things that we need in the spirit of dependency that we must. And, I mean, we... Uh, I mean, if you... So the Lord's Prayer is presented in two passages. It's presented in uh, Luke in a, in a direct response to the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus does. And he, he gives a short version of the Lord's Prayer, and immediately following it, he says, what, what earthly father would give his son a snake when he asks for bread? Uh, or a fish, you know, uh, what earthly father would respond to a genuine request for help with hurt? Mm-hmm. And these are earthly broken fathers. How much more will your, he- your heavenly father give to those who, who ask? And so there's this prayer is dependency. Prayer is bringing ourselves to God in that place of dependency and simply acknowledging him and requesting of him as a good father. And it's faith building. It's it's exactly, so that, that, that's how it's presented in Luke. In Matthew, it comes in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a longer version. Um, and he, he prefaces, prefaces it with saying, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Um, don't, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. I Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in... Secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And he says, Don't heap up empty phrases, the Gentiles do, but pray like this. And he gives the Our Father, who art in, you know, hallowed he- who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on. Um, that that is significant. Prayer is is where this stuff comes into action, and it's where I, I find myself on my knees before God alone guilty and worthy of the tragedy befalling my head. So I'm with the others. I, I can mourn with them because I am on my knees along with them and turning to the only source of the, the solution for the problem anyway, which is Christ himself and his work. And I think prayer is kind of the only right response, but prayer is not an obliga- obligatory response. It's just the loving response that we turn to. And it's I don't really have a whole lot of truck with the idea that we pray so that God will do something down there or fix something. Or um, we pray to say, in essence, what the Lord's Prayer says, which is, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, um, and preserve us from evil. I mean, it's just, it's honest. So, I mean, that that's what I would say is, if you if you really want my 
encouragement. My encouragement is grieve however you're going to grieve. Love however you're called to love. And do it all in the attitude of prayer and dependence. Um, the, how should a Christian view tragedy? We should hate it. Yeah. And it should drive us to God. And if God gives us the opportunity to then use that to drive others to God or bring others, wonderful. If he doesn't, fine. The point is, we, we like all, of, all the rest of creation, are groaning and we're waiting for the resurrection. I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure that even answers the question, but I don't think the question finally can be answered in a practical, satisfactory way. It has to be answered in that principal way. I hope that's sensible. Well, that's our show for this week. For more information about Worldview at the Abbey, visit worldviewbridgeyear.com. And for more information about the Worldview Academy summer camps, visit worldview.org.